Hello, it's David here, and thank you for listening to The Leader. We're here every day at 4pm. Hit your subscribe or follow button to make sure you never miss our news, commentary, interviews and analysis. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. Donald Trump has coronavirus, the diagnosis that instantly changed America. We've obviously seen at his campaign events, most people not wearing masks. And I do think this will change that moving forward. And that will just be something that, again, leading up to the election, even after that, will be something that will carry forward for Americans. U.S. politics expert Julie Norman on the political and cultural upheaval going on across the Atlantic. Also, we haven't had any sort of explanation why she travelled back home. You know, I suppose it is a frightening moment and perhaps she wanted to be with her family. Evening Standard politics reporter Sophia Slay on the MP who tested positive for COVID-19, then went on a 500-mile train trip. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, America reacts to the crisis in the White House. This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reid, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. We welcome the Republican nominee, President Trump, and the Democratic nominee, Vice President Biden. After entering the stage from different sides, a socially distanced Donald Trump and Joe Biden stood physically as far apart in the first presidential debate as they are on the politics. One divisive issue was face masks during the coronavirus pandemic. I wear them, insisted the president. But here's the kicker. I don't wear masks like him. Every time you see him, he's got a mask. He could be speaking 200 feet away from it. He shows up with the biggest mask I've ever seen. Mr. Trump's supporters don't like face masks much either. At this rally in New Hampshire at the end of August, a tannoyed request for the crowd to wear them by law was met with a chorus of boos. Ladies and gentlemen, in accordance with New Hampshire Executive Order 63, please wear your masks. Now the President of the United States has COVID-19. So does the First Lady. 
both possibly contracted it from White House adviser Hope Hicks, who travelled on Air Force One before being diagnosed herself. Our editorial column says during this pandemic, it's time for politicians to take responsibility. The world woke today to the news that Donald Trump has tested positive for coronavirus. In this country too, a positive test is causing a storm of debate. The SNP MP Margaret Ferrier admitted she travelled to London while showing symptoms of COVID-19 and awaiting a test result, before recklessly catching a train home after receiving a positive result. The point, as the vast majority of the public will understand, after so many months of selflessly trying to follow the rules, is that while bringing the virus on oneself is foolish, acting in a way that will accelerate its spread to others is shameful and a betrayal of fellow citizens. Responsible conduct by our leaders in future is a must. With me now is Julie Norman, a lecturer at UCL Centre on US Politics. Julie, this diagnosis this close to the election, with a country so divided on the issues around the pandemic, is this going to change attitudes? Well, you know, David, I think that the fact that the U.S. has been so divided over Corona in particular, the country is polarized on a lot of issues. But the fact that the pandemic also became so divisive was really notable in terms of how seriously people took it, whether they wore masks, whether they were social distancing. And of course, a lot of that was in some ways inspired by Trump's own comments and his own behaviors and actions around the virus as well. Um, He downplayed the severity of it. He up through this week was saying it's not a threat. Um, He was very clear that he didn't feel wearing a mask was necessary. So I do think the fact that he has now been diagnosed and has this this positive test will at least shift some of that thinking around the virus itself. I don't think it'll make the country less polarized on all those other issues, but it might at least quell some of this um, hyper-partisanship around the pandemic itself, which we've seen over the last six months. Are you expecting to see more face masks at Republican events now? Well, you know, I will say just on one thing I would just say is that many of Trump's own supporters and Republicans have disagreed with him with his response to the public health directives. And I think about 40% of Republicans have been polled as supporting wearing masks and doing so already. Um, But with that said, we've obviously seen at his campaign events, most people not wearing masks. And I do think this will change that moving forward. And that will just be something that, again, leading up to the election, even after that, will be something that will carry forward for Americans. Given his statements on wearing masks, given that he was appearing at lots of rallies with lots of people around him, was there a sense of almost inevitability that this was going to happen? Well, I do think there was a concern from many public health officials and from many of Trump's own aides. And indeed, um, some of his own aides had contracted the virus previously to even Hope Hicks this week. Several Secret Service agents had contracted the virus. So it was known that people around Trump were being exposed and that the way that he was doing his rallies and events would make him exposed. So I, in that sense, I don't think it was necessarily a huge surprise that this was a possibility. But of course, coming as it did, when it did, was still quite jolting. Now, Julie, I know you've not exactly got a live feed into the Oval Office right now, but in your expert opinion, what's happening in the White House just now? 
Um, Trump was at events up through Thursday night. And so right now what we're hearing from the White House is that the president is continuing to go about his business as usual and you know that things are moving forward right now. Again, how that looks next week, depending on the severity of the virus for him as an individual might change that. But for right now, it's a lot of damage control, I would say, in the White House today, trying to deal with this issue, trying to think about how to work his campaign moving forward. Trump had a lot of events on the docket for the next couple of weeks. Um, those have all had to be been cleared while he stays in quarantine in the White House, along with the First Lady. Yeah, his officials and his doctor have all said that he is continuing to work with no disruption. To be fair, they said similar things about Boris Johnson when he was ill with COVID-19. And later on, it turned out not to be exactly the case. Is it possible for him to be continuing to work right now? Yeah, so this is a great question. And I think for a lot of listeners here in the UK, they'll remember that time with Boris Johnson when the messaging was that he was fine. But in reality, we learned later that, that he was actually quite suffering quite significantly from the virus. Again, the diagnosis is so new and the fact that Trump was out and about and not showing symptoms up through last night, my sense is that these statements today were probably genuine. But with that said, moving forward, even if his condition worsens, it's pretty typical for public messaging to suggest a sense of stability, to try and project a sense of of calm um, unless things are really at a dire point. Now, we were all very much looking forward to the next presidential debate, Julie. I'm sure you were too. Because the first one was so great, yes. (laughs) Is that going to go ahead? Well, the second debate was scheduled or is scheduled for October 15th. Um, It's in some question right now what that will look like now. There is some word that it might just be cancelled. Trump will need to quarantine for at least 10 days, but possibly more. And it's possible that it will go ahead, but the format would be different, that it would simply be virtual and no sense of of public contact whatsoever. Um, But that's still being sussed out today. Of course, the big question is, will the election still go ahead on November 3rd? There has been a lot of speculation about that, but that would be... That would be an enormous decision to delay that, wouldn't it? I don't think that's actually ever happened, has it? No, and it would be it would be massive to actually change the election around this. And really, since the start of the pandemic, there has been discussion about if the election would be postponed. Indeed, there was a pretty uh, pretty much a consensus in Washington to not do that, um, and instead to try and rely more on the mail-in ballots and the the voting by mail that many states have adopted. You know, ironically, Trump himself, of course, has pushed back quite strongly at that process, has suggested that it will lead to more voter fraud, suggested that ballots are are being um, sold or dumped or what have you, and really pushing those conspiracy theories. But in fact, again, his own illness now, I think, underscores for Americans the need to look for other ways to participate in this election than going to polls that might be crowded with people. So this might actually increase some of his own voters' sense of needing to vote by mail. Next. It is insulting to the public, I think, this kind of behaviour. You know, MPs, politicians and, you know, their advisers are expected to lead by example. The Evening Standard's Sophia Slay on the UK's coronavirus row, the MP who had it and got on a train.
Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This is SMPMP Margaret Ferrier asking a question over Zoom in the Commons on June the 11th about that time Dominic Cummings needed an eye test at Barnard Castle. Public health experts have voiced concerns that Dominic Cummings did undermine public trust in lockdown rules, going against the principle of integrity in the Code of Conduct. Will the Cabinet Office conduct an investigation into potential breaches of the Code of Conduct by Mr Cummings, or have ministers yet again decided that they have had enough of experts? But now she's the one being investigated by police and the Parliamentary Standards Watchdog. On Monday, suffering symptoms of coronavirus, she gave a speech, this time inside the House of Commons. That evening, she tested positive for the infection. The next day, she got on a train and travelled 500 miles home to Glasgow. Our political reporter Sophia Slays here. Sophia, has Margaret Ferrier given any explanation at all for what she did? Uh, No, we haven't had any sort of explanation why she travelled back home. I mean, obviously she's apologised for it. I mean, one can only assume that, you know, I suppose it is a frightening moment and perhaps she wanted to be with her family. Maybe that was the rationale behind it, but um, we, we haven't been given, you know, her statement didn't outline why she wanted to go back. A lot of people have said a lot of things about it. What do we know has actually happened? She started getting mild symptoms, she described it as, and so she decided, right, I'll take a test. And on Monday, she took a train to Parliament because she said that she was, she'd started feeling better and, and all this. I mean, I guess, you know, she must have assumed that maybe she didn't have symptoms, that she didn't have coronavirus, perhaps was, you know, second-doubting herself. But anyway, so she travelled down to Parliament, which she shouldn't have done, gave a speech in the Commons uh, during the coronavirus debate. Um, And that very evening that she was speaking, she actually got her result telling her that her coronavirus test was positive. We don't actually know if, if that was before or after her speech, you know, what the sort of time frame is on that specific part. Um, but then we know the following day she she then gets on another train back home to Scotland. Um, the Commons authorities say that it's the Wednesday, the, the next day after that um, is when she informed the SNP that she'd had a test. And then on the Thursday is when she reports herself to the police. That's, you know, and, and she issues this big statement saying, I'm sorry. And um, the SNP leader, Ian Blackford, suspends the whip from her. There's a bit of a discrepancy over all of this because the SNP is sort of saying, 
well, actually, you know, we didn't know until Thursday that she had taken a test before travelling to London. So I think there's a bit of cleaning up that the SNP need to do on this. And now there's, you know, lots of pressure on her to, to stand down and resign as an MP. There's that little bit of doubt about when she knew or when she got that positive test. But like you said, she should not have been inside the House of Commons to make the speech that she did. I would expect MPs would be pretty angry that she did that. Yeah, MPs are pretty fuming, to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone's pretty angry. And actually, you know, it's not just MPs that work in Westminster. You know, you've got loads of catering staff, you've got cleaners, you've got hundreds of people that aren't MPs working there, you know, journalists, MPs, support staff, everything. So actually, you know, it was a a very, very selfish thing to do, putting all those people at risk. I know one person had to self-isolate after this all came out. Um, I believe they've had a negative test. I think they're okay. Um, But, you know, that's not the point. She should never have she should never have left her home. As soon as she had the, that suspicion, those symptoms, she should never have ever left home, let alone get on two trains or, and whatever else she did get on um, and mixing with lots of people. Yeah, and that goes to public trust, doesn't it? Because Margaret Ferry herself criticised Dominic Cummings for his Barnard Castle eye test. And now here's an MP getting on not a short train journey from London to Glasgow, the public must be looking at these sorts of things and thinking, what is going on? Yeah, well, I think it's not a good look for the public. It's very much, you know, people I talk to, my friends and family, they say, well, it's, it, you know, it's that cliche, one rule for them, another for us sort of thing. You know, we had, uh, it was Jeremy Corbyn the other day, was pictured at this big dinner party with nine people. And Stanley Johnson was out in the news agents without his mask on. You know, I mean, the... the biggest and you know most major example of that was the prime minister's most you know senior advisor and his infamous barnard castle eye test trip and it is insulting to the public i think this kind of behavior you know mps politicians and you know their advisors are expected to lead by example you can't ask us to abide by these you know at times very very stringent and quite draconian measures when you don't even do it yourselves um, so it is a bit of a slap in the face, particularly to people that have, you know, lost loved ones throughout this crisis. It's about saving lives. And that's The Leader. You can keep up with all the latest developments with The Evening Standard's live blog, which you'll find at standard.co.uk. This podcast is back on Monday at 4pm.